Nautilus, a podcast where we brave the oceans of the past to bring it to you. My name is Wendy, and today we're in a hurricane of the 1930s. We bring you to the Nyans. Wait, is that where Nyans? Nyads, yeah. Nyads of the storms, children of the turmoils, children writing for change, literature. <coughs> Okay, yeah, 10 seconds. Julie Ann. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, today, we are joined by Professor Julianne, English professor at Stanford University. Hello, Julianne. Hey, Wendy. Thank you for inviting me here. Thank you for coming. So first, we need to understand the storm itself. And as far as I know, the Great Depression was the burnt of it. Of it. <clears throat> yes, indeed. The world was a terrible place during the 1930s. And you're right. The Great Depression was a huge chunk of the turmoil, or as you could say, the worst of the storm. Well, who's to blame for this? Surely not the gods above, I hope. Of course not. The historians who studied this believed that there were many factors and that had been coming for a while. Some argued that the Roaring Twenties had made a great divide in the rich and poor and that that was to blame, but others believed that the international turmoil caused by World War I was the reason. But the Great Depression may have been the worst, but I hurricane wasn't only man-made, was it? Ah, uh, we come to the point of nature's work in this. This decade seems to be full of misfortune as much as 2020. Indeed. I suppose bad luck happens once every while. Oh, every once in a while. But how did Mother Nature add her hand into the bubbling cauldron? Cauldron. <laughs> cauldron. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... <laughs> Drafts and dusters or black buzzards plagued this decade also. And it was all in the plains area of the United States. It was terrible. Crops failed because of the drafts and dust storms. Because of the drafts and dust storms. Those dust storms also caused many failures in business and in the health of many people. Lots of them started moving away from the plains to the west in search of better fortunes. Then this notorious dust bowl caused death and poverty throughout the plains. Dark times indeed, but during those times, people have, oh goodness, people have had a, a reprieve, <laughs> reprieve from the world around them. Literature. Ah uh, yes, authors and poets had so much material to choose from, and the misfortune and class differences gave them so many emotions that came out as iconic works of literature. Literature spanned from public economic awareness to horrifying warnings of dictatorship. This era had it all. What were the, some of the themes of literature in general? Well, there was a lot of content about the want to return to a period of peace and harmony without pressing issues. And there were also things centering upon racial issues and social standings. Many of the books were narrated through people in middle or lower classes. It seems that the turmoil, turmoil of this period gave authors the opportunity to answer the question existing society and represent it through the eyes of working class people. But these central themes differ subtly from, with different novels of 
this time period. The stories of the 1930s were very iconic, and we are going to going to go through some examples. Do you by by any chance have a favorite? <laughs> of course I do. Gone with the Wind is one of my personal favorites. Many know this tale in the form of the famous film starring Vivian Leigh, but the novel itself written by Margaret Mitchell is not only a deep romance, but also a reflection of the troubles in the aftermath of the Civil War. In a way, this is very relevant to the 1930s because it took the readers out of their current troubled state and transported them back to a time to a place that had already weathered through a bloody war. It also centered mainly around a love story, which I hope also helped take the readers away. A beautiful novel indeed. In it, Margaret Mitchell said, perhaps I want to, I want the old days back again, and they'll never come back. And I am haunted by the memories of them and of the world falling about my ears. What do you think this means? Well, in this quote, Margaret just wants, she just wants everything to be back how it was before the crash of the stock market and the swirling black blizzards, but the despair inside of her and the world around her knows things will never be the same. She's haunted by the happy past because it just whispers false hopes in her ears. The main themes of these literature were fear, poverty, and struggle. Dystopian novels were also popular during the 1930s, warning about the possibility if the stock market crashes again. Tell us what you think of the true meaning of these books written in the 1930s. I think they bring a great lesson to us in the future, for example, in the book 1984, Huxley's dystopian classic takes the concept of totalitarianism to levels previously unheard of. It warns readers of what could happen if your freedom to choose and to want was taken away, <clears throat> and also if the government began to have too much power. After the economy finally got on its feet, uh, authors want to warn the people of disasters that could happen. How do you think other countries influenced the U.S.? Well, the culture of other countries and ethnicities influenced the literature in the U.S. It was for the first time openly incorporated as not a side note, but the central topic of some books. These stories surely became very popular throughout the years. Most of all, these 1930 books are being used in high school curriculums across the country. What's your opinion on why this is happening? Well, in my opinion, because these books were born out of tragedy, they held very deep thoughts and emotions and opinions. Take The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck, written in 1939, for example. It's about a family who moves to the West to work in the land only to discover the social ties and nasty undercurrents of human nature that really control the circumstances. It's about class and about the struggles that many faced in this decade. Today, we don't have these tragedies, and many are losing appreciation for the past and past struggles. Using these books written about those issues will prepare us for a better future and a better mind. Literature was evolving faster than ever. Others were finding a voice to let them speak for their race and their respect. What kind of evolution happened? Since the times during the 1930s was in quite literally such a depressing state, and I really don't mean to make a pun there, literature had to keep up. The past ideals of literature had adapted to the easygoing 20s and the tough times of war in the decade before, but now it had to change completely in many ways to truly reach people in the 30s. Just like a kid who is learning how to bike, but seconds later they would scrape their knees on the concrete. Exactly. The books were written reflecting the failure of youth, the youth of growth and wealth. 
Authors use their experiences to express social, political, and economical problems in their books. Racism and cultural diversity played a huge role in the 1930s. How do you think these stories influence the present literature we have now? These stories, especially The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck, were one of the first to bring other cultures and races into books that blew up. Take The Good Earth as an example. It was one of the first books to truly depict Chinese culture and values. This time period also began to widen, widen the horizons of literature. Truly, the stories told in the 1930s disturbed the status quo in a way. Why do you think they did that? Um, many of the richest and powerful families weren't as seriously affected as the lower classes. For example, President Kennedy himself admitted that his very own family, a rich and influential one, didn't really notice the Great Depression at all. He said that he only knew about it in a class when he attended college. Can you, like, believe that? Really? It must be unimaginable for those lower classes to know that there are many others living the life because of their social status. Exactly. Just from this, you can see how much feel for the people starving in the streets to see a large, rich family eating rich and laughing with joy. Everyone wants to break away from the current situation. Books skyrocketed because of this escapism. Most importantly, the literacy rate went up. Reading wasn't only for the upper classes because there was an increase in the number of readers and learners because of the sheer popularity of these books. During this time, a book was an escape, an oasis in the punishing desert. The world wasn't kind, but the books lent a comforting hand, no matter how brief. The 1930s gave a chance for all people to read. How do you think these stories influence the present literature we have now? Every author and their books are influenced by their personal life choices and what they have gone through. The environment, history, gender, and life experiences are strong factors that influence them. It's surprising how different the literature world would be without the 1930s. Without these books, it would be difficult to truly understand the world of the 1930s. Literature then shaped our world today just by being in that time period, a period of one of the worst times in the United States. Literature in the 1930s reoccurred in a complex time in the world's history. These books and articles evoke the aspects of people's daily lives, hardships, and contribute to the beauty in the Great Depression. For me, the 1930s literature is really special. Every word in these novels was a window into the world of the author, their way of leaving their mark on the world. Literature is truly beautiful, collecting, connecting our past to the present and retelling the past in a beautiful story. Thank you to Professor Julianne for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in, tuning in, get excited because we're sailing into the 1940s next. See you next week.